You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in the fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen savior, Jesus. Well, men, welcome to our very first podcast. I am sitting here right now with Jay Teresi, and we are about to jump into Rediscovering Biblical Manhood. Welcome, Jay, to the podcast. Chica, great to be here with you. We have been speaking about this, Gus, Jay. I don't know how long we've been talking through. Should we Should we do something? Should we just get out there and document? I mean, it's been a while. I mean, we've known each other for, what, 10 years now? <laughs> no, man, I think it's 11 and a half years. And we've been talking a lot about manhood and what we what we think needs to be happening out there in the marketplace we, we've had a ton of discussions about it there's no doubt about that very cool and and for the listeners um if you're a believer then welcome if you're a seeker then welcome this is an invitation to all men that are in our world today jay and i just have been really praying and, and thinking through these different topics on our hearts so this podcast truly is all about um you know looking at jesus looking at jesus as a man and what he came to do and us as men and how we're challenged to wrestle with Jesus, wrestle with the man that he is and how we're called to live out um, as we live as men today. So, Jay, I, I know that that's, that's kind of my summarization of why we're doing this podcast. You talk to me right now. Why are we here? Yeah, thanks, Chica. So, you know, it's exciting. We get the opportunity and privilege to be part of the men's ministry at our church where we help devise and design content around helping men continue to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And that's a big statement, growing my relationship with Jesus. What's the point of this podcast? Around the world today, and particularly here in the United States, the notion of manhood has been under assault. And biblical manhood gets an extra special level of assault. (laughs) And as we think about how do we handle that? What do we do? That's what this podcast is really about. There's so much content available in the world today. And Chica, you're a content professional. There's so much content available. If I'm a man who claims to follow Jesus, how do I sort through everything? Yeah. How do I find the truth? And what does that even mean? What does it mean to follow Jesus, to be a biblical man? Like, that's a pretty big notion. What does it mean to be a biblical man? And what we want to do here is kind of curate some of that down and help folks get a sense for really help men get a sense for how can I chart a path that draws me closer to Jesus? I'll tell you, Chica, it's interesting. For years and years, you know, we're, we're middle-aged guys now. We've got a little life behind us. I really struggled with what, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of my life? What am I doing here? What am I supposed to do? And I think a lot of men struggle with that. And we pour ourselves into things, into our careers, into sports, maybe into video games, maybe into women, all sorts of things. Some things that are good for us, some things that are not so good for us. And it really dawned on me not too long ago, the purpose of life is actually pretty simple if you're a follower of Jesus. And it's funny, I'll I'll get to that in a minute. But you know, like when you buy a car and suddenly you start seeing that car everywhere? Yeah, it's called a reticular activation system, Jay. That's what it's called. And what it's speaking to is, you know, in our brains, there's a whole lot of network of neurons that are located by the brainstem that, that is basically next to the hypothalamus. Um, that mediates behavior. And so when we see a red car, the thalamus and the cortex all wake up, 
right? And they see something that they may have never seen before, but now you're thinking about the red car, so therefore you're seeing it. Uh, anyway, it's, it's all part of the brain and EEG patterns within the brain. So what you're talking about there is called the reticular activation system, the RAS. Uh, and what's interesting is we could even flip that forward, and I have no research to back this up, but this is something we're all thinking about, right? Which is when you start to think or you speak, and then suddenly on your computer or on your mobile device, that ad is popping into that. It's kind of like an AI version of this uh, humanistic, humanistic brain version uh, of reticula, reticula, which speaks to the eyes, activation system in your brain. This is one of the things I love about hanging out with you. You know so much about the brain. So exactly what you just said. Well, once I came across this notion, I suddenly started seeing it everywhere, everywhere in scripture, everywhere mm. in the meditations I read during the day. And it's, mm. it's simply this. The purpose of your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, is to be completely sold out for Christ. And everything you do mm. should reflect that. And it, it caused me to stop and go, well, wow, that. That's certainly not complicated, but that's really big. I mean, particularly <laughs> in a material society like we live in or a competitive society like we live in. Like, whoa, whoa, I'm going to take a step back from everything that I sort of feel is important, how I identify myself. All, none of that matters. It's really just about being sold out for Christ. And what does that even mean? And then, you know, I got this even deeper definition that said, well, here it is. Take a look at your life. Take a look at your checkbook. Take a look at your calendar. Take a look at how you treat people. Take a look at the things you think about, the things you let your eyes see. Does all of that affirm your profession of faith in Christ? And is everything about how you spend your day, your time, your money, your energy for the advancement of the gospel? Obviously, I could not answer yes to that question, but right. I realized that is it. That is it. And that's what we want to do here. We want to spend time when we come together, really just unpacking, okay, this isn't like seven steps to more biblical man. No, and I was just going down there too, right? We, we don't have, this is us conversing over stuff that we're dealing with, with the men at our church are dealing with, the men that we know in life, you know, is man, and we'll define it too, right? Is manhood like, stop crying, stand up like a man, get rid of those tears, you know, you're not allowed to show emotion. If you're going to provide for your family and protect your family, you must not cry. You know, is is that it, Jay? Or, uh, you know, and I think it's Kings. Now, you're going to have to correct me here. And so, Jay, I think it's Kings 2 where, where David sends the instructions to Solomon, right? And he says something along the lines of or commanding Solomon, his son, you know, in, in the Old Testament, sort of saying, be strong and show yourself a man and keep charge of the Lord your God. You know, what does that mean biblically? You know, and I know that you, knowing Jay, and for our listeners, knowing Jay, Jay has a lot of background in scripture, background in apologetics. And at the same time, he is a corporate Mongol like I am living in today's culture. So we get both sides of it, right? We've got our faith side as well as our professional side where we're trying to blend the two. So that tension's there. And how do we continue to lean into the truth of scripture? Um, whether it be Paul and Acts, whether it be looking back at Solomon, you know, how do we grab those things and really pull them into the biblical pillars, if you will? And like you said, we don't know whether there's five or 500, but we're going to research that and we're going to come to this podcast to talk through some of those tensions and potentially how we can move forward as, as Christian men into the future. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think some of the pressure, Chica, is driven by, you know, in our society, it's do you have a formula? You know, we talked about the seven steps <laughs> to a better life or do these six things and it'll all be right. And you know, Rick Warren says in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, well, self-help is no help at all. That's what the Bible mm. says. This, is, this isn't mm. about self-help. This isn't about trying to find a formula. If I do these things, I will 
too, you too can be a biblical man. It's really about taking a step back to say, well, let's, let's try to understand what a biblical man is. Mm. And let's try to understand the application and effect biblical men have on the world. If I can learn to be a biblical man, if I can learn to be sold out for Christ, first, here's what you need to know if you're listening to this podcast. That's going to change everything about you, everything about what you desire, everything about what you desire to spend your time on, your money on, your thoughts. We were referencing it earlier. Jesus says count the cost for a reason. Jesus never paints a rosy picture of following him. He says, mm -hmm. hey, by the way, if you follow me, pick up your cross, pick up your cross, right? Pick up your cross. Hey, if you follow me, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Hey, if you follow me, the people are going to say nasty things about you. Hey, if you follow me, you might lose your life. For the sake I think of what you bring up there, Jay, is so important because pick up your cross in today's culture could be interpreted as I'm going to go and redesign, renovate my body. I'm going to go and change my Facebook profile. I'm going to go move cities. And suddenly, because now I'm following Christ, people are going to see me different. And I don't think that it's that type of renovation that biblical manhood is calling us to. It's truly being rebirthed. And to your point, that is so difficult. As a husband, as a father, you know, we've got to look at that inner boy and squash it and say, okay, so what is being a man under Christ look like? And that's hard work because the world is not going to look favorably to that. No, I love what you just said. In fact, some of the examples you gave really actually are about us. You look at me. Look at what I did. Right. We love the celebrity culture, even in Christendom. Right. Celebrity pastors, celebrity authors. I went and got physically fit. And this is the path to biblical manhood. Now, should a biblical man be <laughs> physically fit? Right. Wait, but you know what I'm saying? That's exactly yeah, what you're referencing. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the interesting tension there. Should a biblical man be physically fit? Sure, he should. Romans 12.1 says your body's a temple and your witness will be improved and you should take care of your body. But that's a really different motivation for being physically fit than if I get physically fit, everyone will look at me and then I'll have a platform. But then also I can it's about me and my pride and making me bigger. Whereas mm. biblical manhood is about removing yourself completely. And putting Christ first, the reflecting. And so this is so hard because by there's no like we're preaching to ourselves right here, right? This podcast is gonna be for us as much as it is yes, for anybody. Absolutely. Right? Can, but here's what I know. Here's what I think I know. The world gets a lot of things right when it criticizes manhood. You hear this notion of toxic masculinity, you know, or men have caused a lot of the problems. You know, those things are actually pretty true. Toxic masculinity is a real thing. The the challenge is the way the world wants to solve that is by turning men into women. And I can't wait to talk about women. You know, John Eldridge points out mm. in a lot of his material, he's such a great author. The woman is the crown jewel of creation. There's so much to be said about women and how we should view women. But when you think about toxic masculinity, what is the real antidote to toxic mm -hmm. masculinity? It's authentic masculinity. Who do you send to defeat a toxic male? Who did we send to defeat Hitler? Like Hitler was a toxic male. And who did we send? We sent a lot of authentic men to take him down. You know, we have got to encourage authentic masculinity. And authentic masculinity is no threat to female empowerment. In fact, it is a platform upon which female empowerment so good. can be built. And we've got to explore a lot of that. I think a lot of men are confused about the notion of how do I interact with women or how should I think about women. Christ Christendom is, right? Christianity has said some very toxic things that have damaged women. And we're going to, I'm sure, spend a lot of time unpacking yeah. that. Well, you and you and I have daughters. So, it, you know, as fathers, we're actually trying to impart that on them as well. 
you know, not squash them down saying you shouldn't be, but let's see as a father, how can we encourage, and you have sons, how can we encourage the next generation as well to stand up and strong? So I, I'm, I'm excited, Jay. I know that this is just our intro call and we could probably spend hours crushing uh, right now the content that you and I have been offline talking about. So I guess, how, how do we want to close this for episode one and, um, and move towards setting the picture for, for episode 101? Well, I would just invite, man, if you're here, uh, engage with the content. Think deeply about the things we're going to try to bring to the table. You know, these aren't going to be Jay and Chica's thoughts. Again, we're going to be curating a lot of the best writing out there. One of the things I love about God is he puts in people's hearts. You think about Nehemiah, right? He put in Nehemiah's heart, go rebuild the walls. Mm. I bet I bet God put that in a lot of people's hearts, but Nehemiah responded. Well, many people have responded in different ways. So whether it's the restoration of the heart, there's ministries devoted to that. Whether it's how to have a better marriage, how to have a better sex life, how to be better, you know, how to be authentically Christian male in certain connotations. There's so many people working on various silos of that. And what we're going to attempt to do is bring some of that material here and have a great open dialogue about it. So we will lay out, you know, things we're talking about. Chico is is our master of ceremonies here on this podcast, and, and he's going to leave us with what we're talking about. You know, the first thing we're going to be exploring, right, Chico, this summer is, hey, defining biblical manhood. Like, what mm. actually is it? And from there, we'll move on into identity. There's some really good things, but you got to get that right first. What What is my operating definition of biblical manhood? Do I agree with that? Because that is the foundation. Jesus said, build your house on rock. Build it on rock. You build it on sand. You're toast when the storms of life come. There's been some storms of life lately around here, all around the mm. world. And a lot of people's houses have crumbled. So I think our first operating definition we've got to operate from, our groundwork, what is biblical manhood? What is authentic biblical manhood? And from there, we can launch off in a thousand different directions. Jay, I'm just super excited with all those things that you've laid out. So maybe as, to, as we close this, like we're going to attempt to do in every single one, whether there's a guest here, whether it's just you and I or just one of us, uh, that, that we either pray ourselves in or pray ourselves out to remember why we are here and who we're doing this for. So join me in prayer. Lord, I ask that as we continue to step into the, the discussions around becoming a biblical man and rediscovering biblical manhood, whether it's about leading in love at home, at work or at the church, Lord, if it's about maturing the law within you that you've set forward for us um, or the works that we're trying to pull together under Jesus in our Christian lives, Lord, I ask that you take us forward uh, and lead us in the spiritual matters. Lead us in the faithful intimacy with our wives for those of us that are married and let us continue to win the hearts of the people around us for the gospel. And we speak all of these prayers in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Whether you're a biblical man, an unbiblical man, whether you are learning, we just are excited that you're here and we can't wait to start this journey with you. So we'll see you next week. Bye for now.